Hello, everyone. Welcome to Culture with Leslie Leela Third. Thank you so much for joining me tonight on this special call-in show where we're going to be focusing on succession. Succession. Yes, the Roys, Shiv, Greg, Tom, Logan, all our beautiful Roys. I love them so much. I've fallen in love with them, these awful, awful people who show us just how empty and worthless the lives of billionaires are. It brings me, it, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. Much in the same vein, way that, you know, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, or perhaps the writings of Brett Easton Ellis, uh, show just how vapid uh, the culture of the ultra wealthy is. I, I enjoy Succession. I haven't always been a Succession fan, though. It took me a while to win me over. The main impediment is the, the shows are an hour long. They're an hour long. I'm not sure what I consider it, what succession really needs to be an hour long. Because it's basically the same premise as the rest of the development, right? You got the ultra-rich family, um, political ties. I guess maybe this is a, succession is a little bit more explicitly based on a real family. But, you know, same premise, 24-minute episodes. You get in, you get out, you get your laughs. Succession, hour long episodes, hour and 15 minute long episodes. So it took me a while to get into it. You know, you give me, give me a Always Sunny in Philadelphia or episode of Succession. I'm picking that episode Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It gets me 22 minutes. I get in, I get out, I'm done with it. Succession is a bit more of a commitment to get your laughs, but I still enjoy it. I've still had a lot of fun with it, especially with season three. I have gotten really into season three. I haven't gotten completely called up yet, but every time I've been watching, seeing the screen, my partner watches it. I've been riveted by season three. I think it's so far from what I've seen. It's the best season so far. I know a lot of people are saying it's the worst, but I actually like the season a bit more. I think it's the funniest season uh, for me. It's just has gotten to a point of absurdity where I'm giggling like almost the whole time. I wish, I do wish the episodes were a little bit shorter, but I understand. They're five, four, I, I, I figured out why the episodes are so long. And it must be because they spend so much money on this show that you HBO can't make their money back on 20, 30 minute episodes, like with Curb or whatever, right? Like these, they're flying to Italy and shooting on location. They're spending like Game of Thrones style money. Well, maybe not Game of Thrones, but, you know, big HBO production money on this show. They want hours of content. I bet that's probably a main, a big factor in this because I don't know why the else the episodes are so long. I mean, they're great, but they could be a little bit shorter. But I digress. I've been getting into succession this season. It's been drawing me in. It seems like it's the internet has really picked it up, even though the viewers aren't quite there. Viewership's still at about half a mil, half a mil. It's been higher, it's been lower, but it's hovering right around half a mil, 600,000 uh, uh, 600, on average watching. They claim that the premiere was watched by 1.4 million across all platforms, which is a decent number but it's obviously not a game of thrones which hbo is always trying to fill this game of thrones sunday night hole with everything you had lovecraft country watchmen um what uh uh 
Westworld. Uh, what was the other one? There was another. I feel like there was a couple others. Uh, my, see, but this is why I need to bring on my guest. Because my guest is the foremost TV expert in the world, I feel. I, I've never seen anyone be able to break down so many different TV shows with such skill. Lenny Burnham, if you don't mind, unmute your mic. Thank you so much for coming on Culture. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So what else has been in the Sunday night Game of Thrones hole by HBO? Uh, I think his Dark Materials was like oh, the yes. one they were trying to make happen. Yes, yes, his Dark Materials. Um, and the Joss Whedon one, the Nevers as well. Oh, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I, I don't think anybody has talked about that since uh, maybe the time it started. And, you know, speaking of canceled, uh, like uh, Tokyo Vice with Alden Ansel Elgort, who is very canceled right now, is coming up. <laughs> I just realized this, Lenny, that they because this show has been in the can since before he got canceled, and they they they've been holding off because of COVID, uh, similar to what happened with West Side Story. They're going to have to put this thing out and promote it when this guy is absolutely toxic to anything they're going to do. Absolutely wild oh, stuff, wow. but. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Lenny. Lenny, for people who don't know, can you tell people where they can find you and what kind of work you do? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Lenny Burnham. Uh, I have a Patreon where I talk about a lot of different TV stuff. Uh, and I have a couple podcasts on uh, chapter surfing. I talk about TV shows that are based on books. And then House of House is an episode-by-episode House Rewatch podcast that I host. House. Tell me, what what are you learning rewatching House? I feel like anytime you rewatch an old uh, drama from the 80s, the 90s, the O's, the teens, you learn something about that culture. What are you learning watching House? Uh, I mean, a lot of it is just that TV used to be so much better. (laughs) It's funny to say, because I know, like, network TV still exists, and, like, I could watch New Amsterdam anytime, uh, but it's not, the network TV model isn't hitting like I want it to. And, um, yeah, House is just such a special, special show. Like, when I, whenever I do an episode that, you know, I think of as, like, not, particularly a great episode of house the guests we have who haven't watched it in a long time will just be like oh wow it's so great watching house yeah house has a really good formula procedural formula that really worked you had like a a snarky lead you had a will they won't they you had a reason for there to be a major problem every episode you had reasons to bump off uh minor castmates if you need to they are all around infectious diseases or whatever perfect setup for a show what do you think today's tv shows are missing a lot of them just don't have stuff happening as consistently yes such like a basic thing <laughs> but yeah like when i watch other network procedurals like svu and gray's anatomy are pretty good at like having a lot of stuff happen every week but so many are just not exciting they're just like spinning their wheels yeah, so, but we're here to praise Succession, <laughs> which is a show about nothing happening. It's just this one family begging, screaming at each other to sign a paper 
or say I love you, and they absolutely refuse to do it, and it's riveting television. Why does succession work so well, even though yeah, well, in a lot of ways is is too long and nothing happens, but it still like holds us. <laughs> yeah, succession reminds me a lot of like early gossip girl when it was really good. Uh, because the the relationship stuff just matters so much and I feel like so many shows are missing that like crucial element of making sort of people's infatuations with each other and their rivalries and all their baggage just like really have a domino effect and matter so much that you can you can really get into it and realize that like because someone's feelings were hurt at a party like five other things are going to happen now it's 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 really i really enjoy the show i i'm I'm starting to fall in love with it i'm excited to go back and rewatch the whole thing but i feel like i'm watching it kind of wrong because most people (laughs) talk about it as a drama i look at entirely as a comedy in fact i have not taken one thing seriously to have seen this show but i was listening to (laughs) other podcasts about this and reading articles and people write about it like (laughs) <laughs> like I don't know, like it's a drama about I I don't know, like a like a war or something. Like it, they write about it like really seriously, really intensely. When I put it more in the category of an Arrested Development, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that line I feel is just like so blurred for me. Like I mean, like Breaking Bad, I think is really funny and goofy. Oh yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. Like I mean, something like community or i can be like on the edge of my seat about like those people's feelings oh yeah it definitely makes you does both we looks like we got a few listeners in if you want to call in and talk succession please feel free to do so just click the button this is culture we are here this is a call-in show we want to hear from you we want to talk with you so please raise your hand press the button if you want to call in we'll keep talking uh succession so that Lenny, what did you think of the finale? I really liked it. I think it would be probably my third favorite of the finales, honestly, but still really riveting. And I am so all in on Tom Logan. And I'm just so happy that uh, this sort of relationship dynamic I kind of honed in on when it was barely there has ended up being the most uh. important thing in the show. Togan is 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 what we're calling them now. Togan, uh, I absolutely love it because Tom is my favorite character. In fact, when I was not as big a fan of Succession as I am now, I used to say I would actually just watch the scenes with just Greg and Tom, just those two, and, and have just Tom telling Greg almost like a Plato's Cave sort of scenario. He's coming, he's bursting, and he's telling him all this stuff that's <laughs> happening. We the, and you know Greg doesn't know what's true. It only again Tom's perspective. The audience doesn't know because we don't see anything else. I would actually have watched that show as well because I just love Tom so much. He's so fucking unhinged, uh, especially in this season. Just absolutely, and I <laughs> love seeing him of all of them come out on top at the end. I thought it was a beautiful, beautiful ending. Yes. But Pete, yeah, I think. No, go Tom- oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think Tom and Greg are the easiest to latch on to at first because they're sort of like 
the closest to being normal. <laughs> um, but also, if you think about it in a different way, they're almost weirder because like the Roy's were born into this and like never had a chance at having normal psychology. But like Tom actively chose this life. Like he was just <laughs> a guy with moderately successful lawyer parents who like looked at the Roy's and was like, yes, that's what I want to be. Yeah, he sacrificed like ever being in a meaningful relationship in order to get uh, <laughs> together and having to be attached uh, to Shiv Roy, who is an awful person. Uh, in almost every way, and she was especially mm-hmm. awful uh, to Tom in the finale. She straight up telling him, "I don't love you." Ouch! I, I did feel that one a bit. Yeah, that was such a, a good scene with just like um, him telling her to try dirty talk, and the only thing she can come up with. I do think it is his fault because she says, "Say anything to me." She obviously wants to be submissive here. And Tom just responds, no, you say anything to me. Um, And then, yeah, the only thing she can come up with that's kinky is saying I don't love (laughs) him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So let's talk about Shiv a bit, because I feel like a lot of people come into succession expecting Shiv to be the feminine. Uh, the feminist hero, yes, queen, who's going to save the day. Maybe the Hillary Clinton, who's going to be, you know, have that clarion voice that's going to right this ship and do the right thing and win. And we are constantly disappointed by the fact that Shiv possibly is uh, worse and dumber than all of her siblings, uh, in spite of appearances. <laughs> right. Yeah, she's so full of shit. She just sort of like knows the right things to say. And I think there's sort of a level where because she has this sort of like liberal ideology going, you are sometimes like tempted to root for her over Tom because she will like say things about like the problems with conservative media. Um, But then also like in the world of the show, in the rules of like this, who should come out on top, like that actually makes her much worse than Tom because she keeps like she just keeps being like, whoa, are you going to do a good job running a conservative news cable, a news network? And he's like, yes, like that's what we are doing. You could quit at any time <laughs> and choose to be a part of this company. Yeah, I'm going to like actually do a good job instead of just like complaining about what this fundamentally is. Oh, and I, I just loved the drama of the last episode. I actually... I, 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 I'm ashamed to say I was waiting when I was watching the first season. I was just waiting for Brian Cox's character to die. I was just waiting for Logan to die. I'm like, I <laughs> like I couldn't get into the family as much in this drama between them. It was funny, but it wasn't, you know, the last per minute weren't really doing it for me. And the Logan drama, which was I felt was a little bit more serious in the first season. Like, will who's going to be the succeeder? Who's going to be who is going to win succession? Like, I didn't really care. I was just hoping he would die and then we would move on to the real story. But I am so glad that he stuck around long enough to find out the one who really, truly loves daddy is Tom. Um, he's the truest. <laughs> he's the truest son. Um, and I love Logan yes. now. I love I, I love Brian Cox is obviously an amazing actor, but I think giving him like 
having him do something other than just bitch and curse is like a cool thing where he was just like, fuck it, I gotta do this. Like, I'm giving in and I like seeing that. I'm giving in to the future. This is what's gonna happen. And this is how I'm, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm done taking care of all of you. Because I I feel like people mistake Logan for being an uncaring father, but he actually spends all his goddamn time dealing with his children. And this is actually the first time he says, you're on your own for real. Yeah, like it's, the funny thing about this deal is they have all been telling Logan for years and years, like, cable TV is over, (laughs) you need to modernize, and he finally listens, and my favorite thing about that scene is, like, literally their only argument is just, like, if my dad isn't in charge, then I'll never take over the company. (laughs) And it's just like, well, shit, that's your fault, because you have, like, three months of business experience. (laughs) That was so funny. I, I, I could not stop laughing at that scene. Like, that's perfect absurdity to me that was like you know uh curb your enthusiasm level because they have like they really have nothing to say other than daddy you're supposed to give me the company it's not fair it's (laughs) not fair after three seasons of each of them arguing over and over again why they should be the right one to run the company I, i remember seeing like some dialogue from people uh online saying Oh, oh, Shiv should take over the company. Oh, so and so should take over the company. And like, are you taking it seriously? Like, Logan doesn't even know what the fuck he's doing. It doesn't matter. None of them are good. This is like Fox News. It's just whoever is going to be, you know, the most cutthroat that will end up taking over. And then they're still going to do a bad job and have to resign because of some scandal. <laughs> So, callers, if you want to call in, please just hit the button. If you want to talk succession, if you want to give your takes, your thoughts, your opinions on the show, the season finale, your favorite characters, please do so. Going behind the scenes, Lenny, can you please tell me why everybody was first mad at Jeremy Strong and then writing open letters defending Jeremy Strong <laughs> last week. I didn't pay that much attention to it. Yeah, that was such a weird thing. So the New Yorker profile, it had like a bunch of quotes from his coworkers. And I read it as them just like mostly calling him a nerd. Like I did not think it was that uh, that bad. But there were people reacting to it saying like, oh, he was like... Like, some people even use the word abusive, but there were just, like, people being like, oh, wow, everyone hates him. Like, everyone's calling him a jerk, um, which I think was weird and not really the writer of the profile's fault. Um, but, yeah, then these, like, people like Aaron Sorkin and Jessica Chastain who were like, <laughs> I just think they're all oh, no. Like, I think they just had friends over brunch be like, uh, you know, people... Uh, People didn't like that Jeremy Strong uh, profile. And then, uh, yeah, Aaron Sorkin was like, well, no one can be mean to Jeremy. My favorite part of the profile. Yes. Oh, it's actually (laughs) in the profile. Aaron Sorkin was like, I hate to say no to Jeremy. Oh, it's so funny. It's so, it's, uh, yeah, because he's talking about him like cutting up in the, during the courtroom scenes and, uh, what was it called? The seven, something seven, Chicago. I forget what the title of the actual movie was, which is a, was a pretty good Sorkin, uh, now that I think about it. And Jeremy Strong is pretty, uh, good. The trial of the Chicago seven. 
pretty good movie, but people reacted to this profile. Like I, I saw some of the discourse. Initially, it started off with criticizing Jeremy uh, for using uh, method acting and saying that him using method acting was sexist because no woman could get away with it. When actually, the truth is, women do use method <laughs> acting. It's just that nobody writes like profiles about uh, how intense it is. They just do it. Yeah, especially on TV, if you're talking t- in the, like, world of TV, I think it's weird to be, like, a woman could never get away with this, because it's, like, just because you don't care about, like, daytime soaps or, like, Grey's Anatomy doesn't mean those women aren't being, like, absolutely insane divas. <laughs> All right, and so it looks like we have our first caller of the night. Brianna, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to unmute your mic. Everyone forgets. <laughs> And Brianna, wherever you, uh, you're ready, you can unmute your mic. Sorry, I didn't know where the button was for it. <laughs> yes, it's, it's down there. I'm going to tell that it's a brand new app. So I actually think that button placement, it does need to be fixed because it's very unintuitive. But thank you so much uh, for listening and so, uh, and so much for calling in. Yeah, of course. I'm a big fan of yours, Leslie. So, And I love Succession. I'm really excited that you're talking about it because I think it's like one of the best shows on tv right now other than dexter i really enjoying new De- oh thank you so much for mentioning that i did want to uh not to derail it we can talk about i don't want to hold up your succession question but i did want to mention like besides dexter is my favorite show on tv right now lenny i want to know what you what you oh, yeah. what you think about it oh okay oh, no, well I we'll talk about it later but i think it's absolutely amazing so far brianna what, what you think how you think it compares to the original uh, like the 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 first seasons is that where you're what you're yes. asking? Um, I think it's really really good. I think it might even be better. I kind of dropped. Yeah, off. yeah. I think it's better because I kind of dropped off like mm, probably after season four, and I could not. I kept trying to rewatching and get through all the seasons, but um, I eventually just like watched a recap on like the last season so I could watch the new season. <laughs> <laughs> and I've gen- yeah, I genuinely I think I like the newest season the best. Yeah, it's really tight. They have the Dexter formula down pack, really intense. I highly recommend everyone check it out. But Brianna, what you want? What you want to tell us about the su- Succession? Oh well, I just thought like uh, that the um, the article like the celebrities being so like insane <laughs> over protecting Jeremy <laughs> over something so like just so fun like the article was just like jeremy strong is a theater kid even though i don't think he went to school or anything for it but like he's just like he has theater kid syndrome you know and it just was like it was just really really funny like being a method actor is really funny like and it's unusual and it's like yeah like that's the uh, annoying co-worker like we all have a jeremy strong wherever we work like <laughs> and so like seeing celebrities being all like rushing to defend him when he didn't need it like it's just people goofing on him on the internet it was just so absurd but with that being said like i love him on the show he's my f- most favorite character on the <laughs> show so i keep doing what you're doing just it you are a little weird and annoying to work with i bet but other than that like <laughs> like 
you're doing great. He's he's literally like my most favorite um character on the show and um Yeah, sorry. I I got I got like I'm a little nervous. <laughs> I'm oh no no try. we're just all friends here we're all friends here we're okay. just hanging out we're just friends just just talking there's only a few people here we're just having fun talking i know I'm, succession. Just, I'm so shy yeah yeah we're just having fun here on, on uh on culture but yeah i i it took me a while to mm. get kendall but when i realized that he wasn't acting yeah. and that's why he always looks like that Cause I, I was like, okay, I get it now that he's yes. he's a little he's a level deeper than everyone else, and I think it kind of works uh, for mm-hmm. his character, mm-hmm. especially in season three. Like hit the sincerity yeah. he shows towards his hip hop shit is just the most <laughs> you can't you you can't fake that you have to really be that person. I think. Oh my gosh! And the fact, like, I really ugh, he said it twice this season and i was just like this is so funny instead of saying like cray cray he says nut nut <laughs> i laughed so hard <laughs> over that one but yeah he and i like how he's like he sincerely thinks he's such a great person like i, I know he broke down in this this last um this last episode being like no i am a horrible person i murdered someone but ever <laughs> but, like from the like the the last episodes he was like he was like telling his dad like uh, like oh, i'm better than you i'm a good person and he genuinely <laughs> believed that and that's just like i think that's why i i love his yes. character so much and um i like roman too but sometimes he's just he's just so mean He's like just so nasty, <laughs> and I'm just like, it kind of. I'm just like, oh. But anyways, I'll just leave it at. I'll I'll leave it at that, and and listen to what else you guys have to say. Well, well, thank you so much for calling in, Brianna. Please call in absolutely anytime you feel like. Love hearing from you. That was a great thank call. You. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think she's so right about just how Kendall thinks he's such a good person. And he reminds me a lot of the main character of another of my favorite shows, Silicon Valley. Uh, um, have you have you seen that? Leslie? Yeah, I've seen much of it. I haven't seen all of it. But you mean uh, Thomas Milditch's character? Yeah, what I love about that character, and we really saw that from Kendall, especially this season, is just how he'll be like, yeah, I'm going to be different and I'm going to be ethical and I'm going to uh, just like change everything and make everything free and just have the new, create a new perfect world where I will also be completely in control and become a billionaire somehow off of this. Yeah, like he, uh, Kendall's delusion that he could somehow be better than his family. He co- keeps talking about like I, that was a really funny thing where he's talking throughout the season about like becoming, you know, this. Oh, the Z Way episode, the Z Way episode. Oh my God, I loved that so much. He thought he was just gonna rebrand himself as woke in a similar way that I feel like. I don't know a lot. It's got almost like the mirror image of what usually happens where people get in trouble and then they rebrand as like right wing, more right wing. He tried to do like the opposite. I don't know if anybody in real life has mm-hmm. done the the rebranding to woke to the level that Kindle does, but it was interesting to see. Yeah, it was. I love the episode where he's trying to convince all the siblings to be on his side and just like how he lays out 
this vision of the future where it will somehow turn into a progressive company, but will still be run by this this one witch family and will control all the news and information in the world. You're just like, no, Kendall, that's like a fundamentally <laughs> bad thing. If you and all of your rich white siblings are like, no, we're going to control all the world's information, but it's going to be okay because we're good people. Yeah, Kendall is definitely the most like, comic book villain of all the boys <laughs> in, in a lot of ways he is the lex luther because he thinks he's doing the right thing but it does make me wonder what does what the hell does logan want at this point because it because that does come up in the episode uh, i believe uh what uh, i forget who asked him exactly maybe it was kendall it's like what are you going to do with all these billions that you're going to you're getting from selling the company put it with your other billions and then he's like yeah <laughs> So I, he's he's driven to be in control and run this company, but he never seems to actually do any work, which is I love. It's the same thing in American Psycho, where you never see Patrick Bateman actually do any work. All the work all the Roys ever seem to do is about ha- taking control of the company. But I never, I haven't seen every episode. But do they ever actually like go into the office and like do something that has to do with like running the company? Um, I'm trying to think, I know like Kendall holds like meetings and is like, come to me with ideas for how to save the <laughs> I know, uh, Greg came up with that idea to like digitize things and they realized they could fire like 40 people, which is bad in terms of, uh, firing 40 people. But that is like, he came up with an actual thing to save the company money. <laughs> So so tell me what's what's been Greg's deal cuz I haven't seen every episode. So I know he's been on this will they won't they path a uh, journey into darkness. But it seems like he's fully bought in to the royal lifestyle uh with the season finale. He's he has decided to become the sporus to Tom's Nero, his uh castrato um bride um who by the way that is a true story nero did have a bride who was a castrated man and and i want to uh specifically use these terms because he also had a male husband as well sporus was considered his wife he had a male husband nero just had it all going on but he was uh unfortunately he was a um (laughs) psychotic psychotic rapist as well so he's not a poly uh king uh sad to say but a good reference uh from tom there (laughs) yeah i love that because i remember the fans that was like leaked and we heard that tom was gonna make that reference but everyone was assuming it would be this thing that's like oh if you know you get what he's saying with that and then it was so funny that in the actual episode he's just like Greg, I am telling you this because I want to castrate and marry you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Such such a great dynamic. Do you do you feel at this point that Tom actually feels any kind of genuine affection for Greg? I mean, I Yeah, I mean To me like Tom isn't the problem there. I mean The funny thing about it is, like, if you remember the pilot, it's instant. Like, Tom sees this person who is this weird straight guy he just met who is his 
fiance's cousin so he would ruin his life if anything happened and it is just instantly like yes that's the one for me um and i like love that aspect the thing that gets me is i feel like their relationship would play out exactly the same if tom had fallen in love with a statue instead of a person um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's does does it's just Tom needed an outlet for all these emotions that he can't actually give to Shiv because she's a piece of shit and cheating on him and doesn't care about him. But he found it in his step, his cousin-in-law. I, I just loved what every time he would walk in and tell him that he was going to prison for the family when really he was the one that was going to Yeah, uh... That dynamic is great, and, like, you can tell that it's, like, Tom thinking he finally has someone he can pick on, but that's really, like, not true. Like, in that sort of episode in the midway point, when Tom's like, I can't believe it, like, you're gonna do so well and I'm gonna go to prison, you're like, yeah, Greg is Logan's nephew and you're just some guy, Tom. Like, why do you think that you can pick on this guy? Yeah, Tom has that, like, made man energy. He basically just gaslights Greg into thinking he's so much less important than he actually is. I, Oh, my God, the table flip scene. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> when Greg, we fi- when uh, Tom finds out that he's not going to prison, he goes into Greg's office, just stares him down, and then just goes around his table and flips it the fuck over. Yes. Sick. Top level psycho uh, move, but absolutely love to see it on Tom. I don't know why it just it seems so much better on Tom to be this absolute monster than it works on any of the other Roys. <laughs> yeah, and that uh, that episode's such a good gay Tom episode too because he finds out he won't go to prison and he can't enjoy it just because Greg has told him. He has plans to ask out a woman. <laughs> like, yeah. said yes, that completely ruins Tom's name. Uh, oh my god, it's so good, so good. And, and they, they, they. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say they bring back that sort of weird jealousy so well in the finale, where he gets off the phone with Shiv, and then Greg starts talking about how he's got this hot girlfriend, and that just immediately makes Tom be like. I need to do something. I need to ruin my wife's life right now. <laughs> uh, so who haven't we talked about? Uh, if callers, if you want to call in, please feel free to do so absolutely anytime. We would love, love, love to hear from you. Um, Connor, I thought I went going in. Connor, see, he just, for some reason, he just feels like what if like Noam Chomsky ended up born into the Roy family? Because he seems like a very like granola sort of dude, but he's in this awful family. Is he actually a good person? Yeah, I think in season one, he's definitely sort of the most relatable just in terms of like everyone else is fighting for this CEO position and you're like, dude, you're already rich. Like enjoy yourself. And Connor is like (laughs) one person who's like, yeah, I'm going to live in a huge house with a sex worker and it's going to be great. Then I think the like presidential run sours that a little bit where you're like, now that he wants a job, I can't really relate to this guy at all. (laughs) (laughs) 
Is there? But people have criticized this show for not having likable characters. Is that actually true? Aren't are there not one or two characters that have some that are ultimately redeemable? I love them all so much. They're my sweet little babies. Um, I don't know. Like to me, like on television, it's like what does redeemable really mean? Cause like so much of what TV is, is that you're always gonna backslide. You're always gonna, there's yes. gonna, it's going to get renewed and all your growth will go away and you'll have to be right back where you are. So like in terms of like, is there someone you can root for? Are they redeemable? It's like, I mean, it's television, baby. I'm going to go in every week and be like, Oh, I hope he's a better person, knowing full well that he's not gonna. One another critique people had this season was they felt like there was too many known people for some reason. Even though, like, mm-hmm. this show has had like big stars, and Brian Cox is a big star. I guess he's not maybe the most recognizable uh, guy. Um, the, I forget the guy who plays Connor, his name, but he's all. In all sorts of stuff. Everybody's seen him mm-hmm. and stuff. Kieran Culkin, we haven't seen him in a ton of stuff, but he looks like his brother. Matthew McFadden, he's been in a ton of stuff. Um, but people did complain about some of the bigger names, and people complained about some of the smaller names that they knew from Twitter, like Z-Way and Dasha. I thought that was very funny <laughs> that people were getting mad that someone that they know from Twitter was on a TV show. I That's such a strange... It was a very strange reaction to me because people... Uh, like usually, because my reaction if I, somebody I know is on TV is the same reaction that Brad Pitt has in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Even if it's somebody I don't particularly <laughs> like, I like, oh hey, that's so and so on TV. I, I don't know why there, there was a counter reaction to this. Like people wanted the show, like they thought it almost like in wrestling, like it was breaking kayfabe to have famous actors in it. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the Dasha thing is so funny because it's just like, there's just something I respect so much about uh, hiring a podcaster everyone hates and then having her get in the way of the main gay ship. It's just like, this is such a weird (laughs) point to piss off like a very specific person. And and the thing about it is we know it's whatever conspiracy theory we think of is going to be true because this is 100% of the show written by people at least some people who are on Twitter as much as anybody else. Like, just the references alone let you know that this is a show for people who are on your timeline at, at, in the background, stealing your jokes. <laughs> yeah. I did feel like some of the cameo, or some of the bigger famous people, like Alexander Skarsgård and uh, Adrian Brody, it was sort of, I thought making up for those characters, like, not being very interesting like the the dialogue on succession i usually find like so just like fast and rich and delightful and both of those characters in their scenes i'm like when you're talking it's kind of a slog like they're kind of boring (laughs) yeah it seems like like you know the roys have so much going on that everyone they meet kind of needs to be like the straight guy like they can't mm-hmm. meet like a bunch of weirdos like Seinfeld. It's just you know, like or like friends, I should say actually. Um, but like everybody that they meet is just this very straight character telling them like actual reality, and the Roy's are just like, "Well, fuck you, no, I don't accept uh, reality. We make our own reality." Callers, 
Yeah, that's that's totally fair. And it is also this weird thing of where like most of the characters on the show have been around each other all the time for like 30 years. So it like makes sense that there's this like very specific dialogue style. And then whenever another character shows up, you're like, oh, they're just like talking mm. like a person because they haven't picked up like 30 verbal ticks from Logan. You know what I liked? I liked the uh, Henry Golding's character. I know he sh- he doesn't show up that often, but I liked whenever he did show up. Which one is that? That's uh, Henry Golden. I forget his name. Uh, his name on the show. I th- he's like the tech guy. He's I think he's the guy who tells uh, Jeremy Str- uh, Strong like, "Oh, I heard about those." Is he the one who says, "I remember the TV"? Oh, I remember good. TV uh, stations or whatever. He I think he's what he works with Jeremy. He's a rich guy. The Vulture. Is I he fr- the Vulture guy? Maybe, maybe. He's like a cool guy. He's a cool Asian guy who uh, talks to Jeremy about... He's like trying to buy... Jeremy's trying to uh, con him into buying part of the company. And this guy's like, no, fuck no. I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was great. I expected him to be the character people would be super into more than um, than Kendall's other friend, Stewie. So which one was Stewie? What does Stewie do? Stewie is the one who plotted with Kendall to uh, to get the uh, uh, the takeover. Oh yeah, that guy, that guy. I'm looking him up now. Yeah, that guy's such a fucking. <laughs> so I hate his guts. I hate Stewie a lot, actually. People, <laughs> people dig Stewie. Yeah, there's a certain segment of fandom that really talks about Stewie like he's the main character of this. <laughs> What so? What is the fandom like? Who are the what? What are the major ships? What are the major you know? What are the major fandom wars? I know, Lenny, you're on top of all this stuff. <laughs> yes. So Tom Gregg is obviously huge, and then Kendall Stewie is also really big. And I think people are just in season three, like finally starting to realize that like Tom Gregg was based on real stuff, and the Kendall Stewie people kind of latched on to. Which is fine. Uh, I think it's fine to like latch onto an obscure ship, but it's funny that they like didn't realize it until now. And just like every week would be like, wait, where was the Kendall and Stewie content that I was promised? <laughs> um, and then obviously Roman Jerry is also very big, but I don't know. I don't know how big that's going to be in the fandom or on the show after the after she very clearly told him to stop sending her dick pics. Oh, that was a fun one. That was a fun uh, relationship. I can see getting into uh, the Roman Jerry. Mm-hmm. Fa- that that would be a fun thing to do on stream- screen, but I guess uh, they're not going with that. What's, it seems like Jerry was a little bit quiet these, this season from what I saw. Mm-hmm. But she had a big moment in the finale, sort of, when Roman was like, uh, Ro- Roman asked her to help and I really liked that Jerry was just like, no, it doesn't benefit me when she could have really easily said something sort of non-committal of like, oh, I'll try, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So callers, we're going to be wrapping up our show in a little bit. So it'll be our last call for callers. Please dial in if you like to. We will talk to you all night if you if you want to, but we will wrap up in a little bit. But Lenny, can you tell me what do you think is going to happen on season four? That's succession. Uh, okay, so I really hope that Tom, the Tom Logan uh, 
union stays. I would love for Logan to ask Tom to betray Greg. I don't know if that would happen. Um, I also want to see <laughs> they're they're being taken over by the tech company, and I really want Logan and Greg to have to face the fact that they like don't know how to turn on a computer and are now supposed to be in <laughs> the tech company. And also, I know like Jerry faced all this like sexual harassment from Roman and sort of. Uh, Shiv trying to blame her for her own sexual harassment and she is like currently dating someone from the Department of Justice so I feel like Jerry could ruin at least some lives oh oh wild stuff uh, so Lenny while I have you on here you are the TV expert Succession fans have nothing to watch now what should they be tuning into next if they're filling you know a void now that Succession season 3 has ended Okay, highly recommend the OG Gossip Girl. The first few seasons of that are very much like Succession in sort of the like intricate relationships. Um, as far as current shows, it's like, yeah, you can watch like billions to tr kind of try to scratch the itch. Um, Euphoria? What about Black Monday? What about Black Monday? Oh, Is I haven't that... watched that one yet. I've heard great things about it. It was by, uh, by the same guy who did Happy Endings, which was one of my favorite, favorite uh, sitcoms that no one watched uh, whatsoever. If you're a fan of Always Sunny or Seinfeld, definitely check out Happy Endings. Get through the first uh, few episodes, you'll be good. Um, but yeah, I've heard lots of good things about Black Monday. I haven't got a chance to check it out yet, but I feel like it's very much a similar vibe. And he his writing style is like a joke a minute, non stop does not let let up and it would be very uh i'm very much looking forward to looking uh watching that nice oh another good one especially if you're a tom greg what we do in the shadows has a main relationship uh, yeah. that like uh it, for, it starts off seeming like one person clearly has all the power and then as it goes on you're like oh his minion is also like insane and maybe gonna kill him um so it that fucking rocks Oh, I really dig what we do in the shadows. That's another show I have to catch up on. I think it's so funny. I think it, it I, it's, I, I like it a lot more than the movie, actually. I was just kind of okay on the movie, but the TV, uh, but the TV show I absolutely uh, fell in love with. And it looks like we do have another caller. So let me go ahead. Alexandra, thank you so much for joining us. Go ahead and unmute your mic at the bottom of the screen. Oh, it takes everyone a second to find it. Oh, hey, I'm uh, so embarrassed. I didn't really mm -hmm. think that I was going to call in. Um, I'm, oh, I'm okay. New to this <laughs> this app. Oh, that's that's fine. We, we're just closing out, but please, wherever you got, what did you think about Succession season three? Oh, uh, I don't even know what to say. I think he's literally like. I think Kendall finally has his like army to. I don't know. I don't know. Do you th do you think the kids will be able to take down Logan? Do you think because that's that was the big <sighs> thing about the finale? We we're it's the first time we're supposed to see all the kids unite. Well, except for Connor, who's like kind of done with the whole thing. <laughs> but he is the eldest. <laughs> you forget he is the eldest. Yes, he is the eldest. He and we and he said, "Fuck it, I'm." <laughs> so he's going, he he asked a woman. He had to like he basically proposed like, to Willa. Yeah, he proposed to that woman, yeah. and she basically accepted because she did. Uh, I guess it won't be that bad. 
no, yeah, she's like, you're a nice, she kept saying you're a nice man. You're a very nice, he's a very nice man. I, I, I mean, he is, but uh, you would hope he would have something a little bit more no. going for him, but. Uh. Probably, yeah, it's probably like as nice as you can get as far as billionaire husbands go. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. But he's also running for president <laughs> on the wings of his fucking terrible father. But I, I, I think that. You know, I think Kendall had an insight trying to get his siblings against him, against Logan, like in the uh, second or third season, second second season. And then I, I don't know. I think I think he I think he's got him. I think they might have like an upper hand over Logan because he revealed his you know dark secret to his. Uh, siblings. Oh, that's why I, wa- I did want to yeah. talk about that scene because that's such a dark it scene. Is. It's but the, it's, it's so funny too. Yeah. <laughs> like hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part of the episode when I, Roman is like, "We've all killed a kid." Hey, Shiv, have you killed a kid? And Shiv's like, "What? Yeah, yeah, exactly." I watched that scene like three times over last night. <laughs> I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. It's so good and so real too, because literally some of those people who exist in real life have killed the Kennedys. I mean, like you, you go down the list, and it's like, yeah, this is what we do. This is where we we kill people we know when we're teenagers, and we get over it. Um, fucking was it Laura Bush as well? Who uh, ran and killed her boy ex boyfriend? Uh, I ran into him. All sorts of shit. But there, the whole Budweiser family is like this. Literally. You know the the Roy's or Anheuser Busch, whatever it's called. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. That totally does give Kendall sort of this new advantage because I think Logan had like convinced him that he like needed him to cover him up, and I feel like Roman finally let him be like, no, like people get away with that stuff all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like he had to tell, he had to remind Kendall. It's like, no, dude, we're rich. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, don't you get it? Like, you can stop like pretending. Um, but a- Alexandra, thank you so much for calling oh, in, so even if by accident. Please call in again any absolutely anytime. Lovely hearing your voice. Thank, thank you, you oh, so much. This is wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm so happy I got to actually like contribute and talk to you both and i just absolutely love struggle sessions i had for a while oh thank you so much that's so sweet you're welcome thank you so much all right okay all right so if we have any more callers please dial in right this second otherwise we are gonna wrap things up and say uh good night lenny what are you watching right now besides succession mm-hmm. oh Jeez, let me think. I know I just did sort of my favorite shows of the year list. Um, Succession, obviously, number one. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows was great. Um, I'm going to blank so much. Uh, Euphoria, I think, is one of the best shows on TV. I, I like to say that the only real Gossip Girl reboot is switching between Succession and Euphoria. <laughs> Have you checked out Yellow Jackets? No, I really want to watch that. A lot of my friends have said it's really good. I've been watching it. It's, it's, it, it does the thing that a lot of these shows do now, where it has two timelines with their own plots. 
And, you know, that's mm. fine. But we're like, we're on episode, you know, six now. And we haven't gotten to the part where they're, we're supposed to get to cannibalism. Like, in the past version. I'm sorry. Like, you got to move the show <laughs> a little bit faster uh, than that, I hope. I, 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 what do you think about, though, that split, you know, style that's so popular in shows? What I know that Jupiter right, Ascending, I think it was, the Netflix show did it. Like, um, so many shows do this dual timeline thing. How do you feel about the popularity of it, especially with the streaming TV shows? There's so many do them. Yeah, I think that's so boring. Like, <laughs> what's so, it's so weird that, like, shows are trying to do, like, sort of, like, Lost-style mysteries about yeah, something that's, like, lost not style. a big deal. It's just, like, presented that way. Like, this is us. You're like, oh, this is just, like, normal, boring life, but it's all, like, presented like, oh, when did she buy that hairbrush? Like, who cares? Yeah, I I like it. I like, I kind of like when Arrow did it. Because Arrow was just, like, using it to set up the episodes. Like, oh, this is how Oliver learned this skill. And you show a little fight scene in the past. And then that show, and then you follow it up with a fight scene in the present where, you know, kind of ties in. It kind of, it works. It worked for me on that level. But the, the kind of low drama shows, or even, mm-hmm. like, the Jupiter Ascending, the dual storyline is that how all these people got their powers is like the first half and it's like that could have just been the first episode like that's just the first episode of the show you don't drag me along the whole season to show me how the superhero guy's powers when i'm already seeing him as an aging superhero i see his powers i see what he's doing with them i don't know i i don't know why why i i guess it is lost it really is just lost storytelling which i thought worked which was fun for the I only watched maybe a half a season of Lost, and I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed that storytelling. But, man, I could not imagine that going on for that long. Like, how much of the past can you show me? Yeah, it reminds me a lot of, like, How I Met Your Mother. Like, the um, just sort of the way that draws out these mysteries um, in a way where it's just like, I don't want to, like closely watch these very mundane lives like it's a Sherlock Holmes mystery you know all right so we're gonna wrap up our show there thank you all so much for joining us thank you to our callers Lenny where can people find you um I'm on Twitter at Lenny Burnham I'm definitely going to continue constantly tweeting about Succession over the next year. I'm not one of these fair weather fans who about <laughs> when there's a new episode. Um, and you can also find my uh, podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you can look up Chapter Surfing, which is about uh, TV shows based on books. Leslie was on there talking about The Witcher. And you can also check out House of House, a House Rewatch podcast. Oh, speaking of Witcher, season uh, two coming up next week, I believe. Or is it this week? Very, very soon. I'm, I'm yeah. super excited for that. You got me to finally watch the Witcher TV show, which I, I ended up uh, absolutely loving. And I, according to Henry Cavill, season two is going to be even better. And the reviews are saying that as well. So I'm very much looking forward to it. We'll, do, we'll talk about Witcher on here on Culture. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us. Please make sure if you haven't yet, check out Struggle Session. Sesh.show, uh, patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus. I am Leslie the Third, and that was Culture. Peace.